following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. So, Michigan, it is our number three on a Wednesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. I do want to thank Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association and Studio Talk Lions, Talk Michigan, Michigan State, NIL possibly coming to Michigan high schools, future sports. Just a good dude. Really has a, a feel for his member high schools. Common sense drives that man, and I've loved every decision he's made. Going back to before the pandemic, MHSAA.com. You want to get set for all the winter championships, everything you need there at MHSAA.com. Inside this hour, we'll hear from Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit. He has made the journey back from San Francisco. Ben Johnson sticking with the Lions. What's the offseason going to be like for the Lions? I think it's pretty obvious. Edge rusher outside of Hutch on the opposite side. Shut down corner. They're going to have pick, what, 29 in the first round in the NFL draft in Detroit. So is that the best corner? Could they trade up? And they got four picks in the first three rounds. Edge rusher. I think the offseason will be about new deals for golf, Sewell, St. Brown. Part of me says with having to pay those three, or not having to, but you want to take care of it. I don't know if they'll go drop big money on a shutdown corner. I, I did see one of the pundits say, hey, Stephon Gilmore offer him a two-year deal like at $8 million a year, and I'm like, yeah, they could use him. They're close, obviously. Come on, people, 24-7. Mm, in control. And even at the end, when you look at the final score and their ability to put the ball in the end zone, move the ball. Man, and, and I understand the first fourth down and that – Video, which I have pinned at Huge Show. I mean, it you can't catch the ball with your forearms. I'll, I'll, t- until the day I die, I'll stand here and I've said it every day this week. If Reynolds catches that ball, I believe the Lions are in the Super Bowl. I really do. It's that close. So when we got the news yesterday, the pick-me-up of Ben Johnson, the Lions Nation needed it. So now the question is the offseason. Schedule's tougher. I, I, I've looked at it. it it's tough. You got to go to San Francisco. You get Stafford and the Rams again in Detroit. But now they're the hunted. 
They're the defending NFC North champions. They made the final four in the NFL. I don't mind that. And nothing will feel like this year until they win that NFC championship game. That's the next hurdle. And they keep checking all the boxes. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit. Lions, NFL insider, he's standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. I, I, I chuckled at your journey, uh, end of the game, until you got back. That was cracking me up on Twitter. <laughs> Lost your yeah. keys. You're getting delays. Oh. You're like, I, I think one of them, and I may be paraphrasing, does American Airlines have any plane that actually works? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I basically spent all of my Monday from 5.45 a.m. Pacific time to 10.30 p.m. Eastern time traveling home, which was not exactly what I wanted coming off of Hmm. devastating losses in Lions franchise history. Yeah. If if they would have won, you wouldn't have mind because you've been in every airport bar all day and just, you know, (laughs) talking to people and getting ready for uh, Vegas. I, you know, when I, when I go back and, run that game through my mind. I, I did delete the DVR yesterday. I just can't watch it again. Yeah. Uh, it, they, were, they were so close, just like I was saying. Even with everything, all the decision-making, all the bouncing out the helmet, the fumble, uh, we can go down the list in the second half of horrors. But they still were that close. So the question yeah. is, in this offseason, which began with Ben Johnson staying, which is huge, And now you look at talent and what they need, and I think it's obvious to every Lions fan, to everyone who follows the Lions like you and I do, uh, someone opposite Hutch, they could use interior defensive line help. They're going to need strong backups on the O-line, if not one more starter. And and they get, like I said, what four picks in the first three rounds. They got a ton of salary cap room. And you have the golf deal, how much and how long you have – the Sewell deal, where at the end of the year he's the best lineman in pro football. You have St. Brown in that deal. So uh, let's begin in order, Jeremy. What are the offseason priorities for the Lions? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first thing you, you got to do is, is figure out Jared Goff's contract. Like that, that to me, that's the first domino to, to fall to, to make everything else kind of fall into place there because uh, I, I think it's clear that this team really, really likes Jared Goff, and I think it's pretty clear that Jared Goff likes it here. And so um, you, you got to come up with a, with a fair deal that, that allows you to, to be able to continue to maneuver in, in ways that, that make your team get better, but also one that rewards your quarterback who's gotten you as far as this franchise has ever really gone in the, in the Super Bowl era. So that's the first thing. But then, yeah, if you're, if you're talking like positions that need corner is, is number one, I think on everyone's list, right? Uh, we, we saw how bad the Lions pass defense was down the stretch, particularly on the outside. Um, I would say the Lions probably have to pick up at least two guys um, that are capable of starting one, hopefully that's capable of being your number one. And then, yeah, the rest is just, I think, making sure your offensive line remains a strength. So that means at the very least re-signing Graham Glasgow. Um, We'll we'll see what the the plan is with Jonah Jackson. I think you're right that the Lions need to prioritize not only adding a starter if they don't bring back Jonah, but but bringing back depth because that was an issue. Um, Aushika was not a guy that we really wanted starting in the NFC Championship game, and he held up fine. I mean, the Lions obviously ran for 180 yards against the 49ers, but they need to, 
considering that's the identity of this team, they need to make sure that strength remains a strength. And so I think that means maybe investing another draft pick on the offensive line and maybe even going into free agency and finding someone there. I agree. And the salary cap money is there to get everything you mentioned that I stated before we began our conversation. It's all there. Uh, How big was it for Ben Johnson to say no to Seattle and the commanders? How big for the Lions? Monumental. I think I don't think it can be understated. Uh, just just how big that is because yeah, the the offense was the main reason the Lions got to where they were. The fifth best offense, and I, I I just I keep looking back at this past game and and I was in awe of that first half. And really, I thought Ben Johnson called mostly a good game the entire way. Um, you look at that third quarter and. One drive was ended by a fourth and two drop. One drive ended by a fumble on the very first play. One drop ended on a third and nine drop. Um, They were moving the ball consistently. It never felt like the 49ers figured out that offense. Just the line started shooting themselves in the foot. And if you consider like if if one or two of those things goes the line's way, not only do they win that game, but they probably hang around 40 points on the 49ers defense, which Mm. is like a top five defense all year. And so Getting that offense back, getting your quarterback back, getting most of your offensive line back, all of your weapons back, it's huge. Um, it's the biggest – I mean, I think the biggest thing the Lions have, have, to, have had to fought off, fight off over the last two years is regression on offense. And you, you could make an argument last year, well, now they have tape on Ben Johnson. Maybe Jared Goff doesn't play as well as he, does, as well as he did at the end of 2022 and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and the Lions put all that to bed, right? Ben Johnson proved – doesn't matter how much tape you have on him. He's going to provide a, a, a strong and healthy offense. Jared Goff, I think, proved a lot of people wrong this year. And the Lions front office proved like, hey, we know we have a strength in our offense, but we're going to upgrade our running backs. We're going to upgrade our tight end. And so the Lions have been pouring resources into their offense, and, and Ben Johnson has been at the head of it. And to be, able, to be able to keep all of those pieces, most of those pieces together, means you go into 2024 now with the full expectation that you're going to have another top five offense this year. Yeah, think about uh, you give Goff his money. I don't know if it'll be four years or five years at you know somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty million per. Right. You have Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. Ragnall, Decker, Sewell are locks. Glasgow, I think, will be a will be able to get him at a good price. The Jonah Jackson question could depend on you know where they're picking with their draft picks, uh, where some offensive linemen uh, fall. I agree with the edge rusher opposite Hachu. Had one of his worst games ever on a football field uh, Sunday, by the way. And that's not piling on. It's just a fact of life that, again, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you're banged up. I don't know if you you know, weren't feeling well, whatever. Uh, he didn't make excuses, but it was a horrible uh, performance. And that secondary and that defense, and the more I've looked at the decisions that have been debated and still are being debated, especially the two fourth down decisions, that – it, to me, it, it's a sign that what you mentioned, I think Dan Campbell has 10,000% confidence in his offense. Yep. But when it comes to his kicking game and his defense, he didn't have that confidence. And that's why he went for it on both fourth downs. Oh, no question. I mean, especially during that, that first one, I, I think he was ever, he had every right to believe that the offense was going to get that everything Ben Johnson was calling was working at that point in the game. And the lines, I think were something like 70 or 80% successful this year at fourth and two or shorter. So I think he had every 
right to, to believe that the lines were going to convert there and they wanted to keep the pedal on the metal. And I mean, what kind of message would it have sent if, you know, you, you go into halftime with a 17 point lead, the 49ers kick a field goal, and then you score a touchdown. Like that, that's, that not only increases your lead, obviously, but I think it sends a message that like, Hey, if you thought we were going to lay down in the second half, we're not going to. Now I, I think you can make a better argument with the second one that like, okay, well, things aren't going our way at this point in the game. The offense is starting to slow down. Maybe we do take the three here. I still think it's very much a toss-up. Uh, I think most people who are arguing one way or the other are, are being a little hyperbolic. I think it's a very tough decision. And if you look at the math, if you look at the percentages, if you look at all that, we're talking about like a 1% to 2% chance, uh, you know, win percentage swing here in, in whichever decision that you made. And so um, I, I think – the, the main point I think is like, this is what got you to where you were, right? Dan Campbell has never shied away from being aggressive in both those situations. So I don't think either of them came in as a surprise. And, um, you know, when, when you play a, a risky game like that, you're going to get big rewards and then you're also going to get big negatives and you're going to take the, the credit when it goes your way and you're going to take the blame when it doesn't. But overall, I think Dan Campbell has been a very much a net positive when it comes to fourth down decisions. And uh, just so happened that the execution wasn't there on Sunday and makes him look like a bad guy. Yeah. First fourth down, you know, Reynolds, uh, 99 out of a hundred times. I said earlier, he's going to catch that ball. Uh, The second one, give the Niners coaching staff credit on disguising that zone. They threw at him. They thought they had Dan. So that's part of it. You got the other Reynolds drop. You have, St. Brown with a drop. Uh, you have the fumble, uh, you know, not lining up right or turning the wrong way, whatever. And then, you know, what could go wrong did go wrong. So I'm cool with the first fourth down attempt because I knew what he was doing. He catches out there at the 21. Like you said, they go yep. put it in the end zone. You got a field goal. We got a touchdown. I think it's game over. Uh, the second one, I would have taken a shot at the three to give my team a lift. Uh, it's 27-24, you're not playing well. Uh, I would have done that. You know, things were reeling. And in the end, when I look at the decisions, I think a lot of it, clock management, game management. You know, Dan Campbell, uh, you can look at a Tampa game. You can look at his inconsistency if there is a negative. And I'm not a negative, but just a something pulsing that the game and clock management could be better when it comes to Dan Campbell. And I get he's a riverboat gambler. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think he'd be the first to tell you that he made some mistakes along the way this year. Um, and that's something that I appreciate about him that, is that he admits it. Um, I would also say that I think clock management, timeout usage, fourth down management, all of that is like a huge problem across the league. And I would say Dan Campbell is among the lowest offenders when you look at some of the other teams and some of the decisions that they make, but like, like any player, like any coach, I think Dan Campbell looks at these situations and tries to learn. Um, I, I will say like at times it does feel like he goes a little bit too much by his gut. Like to me, maybe the biggest mistake he made was going for two again after they had been backed up to the seven in Dallas. Like that, that seemed like a, I'm just sticking to my guns to stick to my guns. And, and sometimes I, I do think he, he gets into that mode where he's just, I don't know if stubborn's the right word, but just kind of like fixated maybe on, on what he wants to do and, and, and doesn't necessarily think it through. But again, I, I think this is, I mean, if you look at the fan bases of 32, all 32 franchises, I think all 32 of them will complain about clock management. will complain about not going for it on fourth down or going for it on fourth down too much. Um, so 
you know, it, it's just something you have to deal with as a coach. You're, you're going to get the sort of criticisms when you make any sort of decisions. Um, it just so happened that the, the Lions came on one of the biggest stages of the year. Yeah, and there were so many plays, you know, balls a little more to the inside. Jama would have had that one touchdown. Sure. Uh, missed tackles on Purdy, uh, like on at least, I, I don't have the entire play-by-play chart in front of me, but at least three scrambles that kept alive drives that yeah. probably led to, you know, I don't know, 13, 17 of their points where you thought they had Purdy and somehow he would squirm out of it and make the throw or go uh, take his – Seven two forty time and go get a first down, uh, <laughs> right. which would frustrate the living daylights out of the Lions Nation. Just again that, that midway point, you know, the seven and a half minute mark, seven fifty third quarter until the end, the final twenty two minutes or so. Almost what could go wrong did go wrong for the Lions, but I do see the big picture. I do see the salary cap. I uh, we went through the offensive players in place. It should be right there as the top offense in the NFL. And now they're hungry. And what Dan Campbell said in these three days to think about it, Jeremy and Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit lions, NFL insider joining us on the roast number coffee guest line, how quickly he told them, I don't know if we'll get back here. You don't get these opportunities. I take that as the off season message to this team that he delivered immediately after that crushing loss. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're absolutely right. That, that was not, that was not just him being earnest and honest, which I think it was. Um, I do think it was absolutely a, a motivational tactic tactic. And I think it's why Dan Campbell is so good at what he does. He's able to conjure that in the moments of, of probably the, the one of the lowest points in, in his personal career. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to use that as motivation. They're going to try to use, um, that is a reminder, like you still have to continue to put in the work because he is right. You know, while everything looks good on paper for this franchise in their future, there is no guarantee that it all falls into place. You know, someone could get um, injured or, you know, the, the lines just start getting bad luck in one score games. Um, regression happens even when every, you do everything right on paper sometimes. So uh, I think it's a strong message. I think it's the right message. And I think it's also true. So um, it, it's, it's, it leads to some of the heartbreak for, for fans here because they were so close. And, and even though everything looks great, you just, you just never know. I mean, look at the, the Cincinnati Bengals, right? They get, they get to the Super Bowl, And, and ever since then it's, it's been a struggle to get back. So um, it's, it's a really good message. It's true. And I think it's just it highlights again, how Dan Campbell is just kind of an expert leader and motivator. And, and that's maybe that's a reason to, to believe that, that they will be back is that, I don't think there's ever going to be a motivation problem with this team. And it's, and it's not just him, right? It's the kind of people that they have in the building, right? These guys know they want to put, they have to put in the work. I mean, looking at Panay Sewell after that game, both on Sunday and then in, in the uh, locker room on, on Monday, um, you know, that guy is, is super motivated. He's super pissed off. Like he's not going to have any issues trying to get up for, for any games next year. When did they get the – and, again, I all the dates. I know we get free agency there the second week of March, uh, the draft in Detroit at the end of April. Uh, what is the right time to get that golf deal done? And how long do you think – again, four or five years, 50-ish million a year, but when do they get it done? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think you, you probably want to get it done before free agency just right. so you know how much money you have to work with and you can kind of build out the rest of your plan after that. I think there's also a, a roster bonus that he's due sometime in early March. Um, and, and I think the idea there is that you can, um, if you get a deal done before then, you can kind of use that roster bonus as a signing bonus and stretch that out over the, the years of the contract rather than all of it hitting it this year. So that's a way to maybe save a little bit money in 2024. Um, in terms of length, I mean, it's tough. I think the normal length is, is like you said, about four or five years. Goff is 29 now, so maybe he's on the shorter end of the spectrum. I don't think you're going to get a three-year deal out of him, but maybe maybe it's a four-year deal. And, yeah, $50 million is kind of the, the number that I'm circling personally. I think some will depend on what exactly they set the salary cap at, which hasn't been officially set yet. But um, I, w- I would expect that number to probably be hovering around, you know, four years, $200 million seems uh, like a reasonable deal. Yeah, and then uh, give St. Brown a deal and Sewell and get ready for free agency. And then the draft uh, comes to Detroit, and here we go into OTAs and training camp. Uh, before you know it, Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, online, Lions NFL Insider. Good stuff, Jeremy. Appreciated all your commentary during the football season, and we'll stay in touch. Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right, Jeremy Reisman checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Up next, Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. He was inside the Breslin in East Lansing last night. A master's class in coaching from Tom Izzo and his staff in win number 700 for the Iz. Juwan Howard and his team shot over 60% in the first half, but they were only up two at halftime, and I knew what was coming because Juwan Howard is not head coach material. The Wolverines are bottom feeders in the Big Ten. It's not going to get any better. And I don't think their talent matches their record or their position in the Big Ten. Total master's class on out-coaching Howard and his staff. And Ward Manuel, who led a three-time Big Ten champion, three-time college football playoff team, and a national champion, He didn't sing the praises of Harbaugh until Harbaugh was gone. And he gave an open public vote of support for Howard last weekend. This is the Michigan AD that has never kept quality coaches or personnel in Ann Arbor. And I think it's a crossroads for Ward, what Sharon Moore does. And what Juwan Howard does to end this season. Some say because John Beeline is on the huge show every Tuesday during the basketball season with Josh Garvey from Doran Mayhew. Bring back Beeline. John Beeline can coach. Juwan Howard can't. If you remember on this show, I told all of you when Phil Martelli was coaching that they were a better basketball team. And when you watch Juwan come back, and God bless him on his recovery from his medical conditions, it was easy for everybody to see. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. 
break down the Wolverines and the Spartans from last night. He'll join us next. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. It's time to go on the court with Anthony Bellino. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. The Michigan men's basketball team went on the road to rival Michigan State to visit the Spartans last night in the Breslin Center. Michigan fell 81-62. Another first half lead squandered by the Mason Blues. They held a 35-33 edge at the break only to be outscored 48-27 in the second frame. A celebration for the green and white as Tom Izzo captured victory number 700 in his Hall of Fame career. For Juwan Howard, another night of lackluster intensity, defensive lapses, turnovers, and just bad basketball. I get that this team isn't overly talented, but wasn't that the allure of the head coach to begin with, to be able to recruit at the highest level? Instead, it's another lost year of portal combat. Michigan is now 7-14 on the year in a league worst 2-8 in Big Ten Conference play. Up next, Rutgers at home on Saturday at 4 p.m. on BTN. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your deposit for up to $1,500, and you'll get 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for my good friends from Urban U. Now, they are Michigan's most trusted med spa. Four locations across the state. One in Northville, three in the West Michigan area. And we have a huge giveaway from our friends at Urban U. Nicole told me about healthy skin as a mirror of a healthy body. Urban U Skin Health Giveaway will be one glow-to facial oxygen hydration plus one Skin 5 treatment. The first and only injectable facial rejuvenation treatment designed to add hydration directly into the skin with results that last up to six months. Now, this prize would be for Valentine's Day for a couple. You can win it. Just be listening to The Huge Show for your cue to call and be lucky caller 14, and you'll qualify for that couples package from Urban U. Four locations, one in Northville, three in West Michigan. For the one close to you, go to theurbanu.com. That's theurbanu.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Wednesday broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Live and on demand, boys and girls high school sports. 
24-7 at MHSAA.TV. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com will join us momentarily. He was at the Breslin last night in East Lansing. I knew Michigan was in trouble with shooting over 60% in the first half, and they only had a two-point lead. And then the second half went like a lot of second halves and final eight, ten-minute stretches have gone for Michigan where they just fall apart. It's coaching. I'm serious. Flat-out coaching. Michigan's talent does not represent a bottom feeder in the Big Ten. And Tom Izzo and his staff in win number 700, a master's coaching clinic against Howard and his staff. Clayton Safey, like I mentioned, from the Wolverine.com, he was there in attendance. He took the chopper back to the Wolverine.com world headquarters in Ann Arbor. He is standing by live on the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. What's up, my man? How's it going? Yeah, I was there late night, but uh, yeah, Tom Izzo gets win number 700, and Michigan, kind of their game was uh, about the same as all the rest of them. How many more games do we have to watch Juwan Howard get out coached? I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of a, you know, it's almost people ask, like, how much worse can this get? It's, it's pretty much at the, the worst point it can get. I mean, you're going to have to go through the rest of the season, but if you look at Ken Palm, they project the outcome of every game and only one is projected to be a Michigan win the rest of the way, the entire season. They're sitting at seven wins right now, seven and 14. I mean, winning just a third of your games, dead last in the Big Ten at two and eight in the conference. Uh, that one, one win could come Saturday against Rutgers, who's also having a, a really down season. Uh, and that's what it's projected as. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, uh, you know, the, the point that they're at right now, it feels like rock bottom. Uh, and then it's even worse when they go on the road without Doug McDaniel. I mean, we saw it last night with the lack of depth that Michigan has, especially in the backcourt. And I give Jalen Llewellyn a ton of credit coming off the ACL injury, wearing about the biggest leg brace on his left leg that I've ever seen a guy play with. Um, and, you know, he battled, had 18 points, but it's just tough. And you knew they were going to run out of gas at some point. I agree with you. They're up two points at halftime. And you kind of knew it was going to fall apart at some point. I didn't know it would come that quickly. I thought maybe they'd battle for a little bit longer. But once things went awry, then, you know, you could see the body language. And it was the same thing I saw Saturday night against Iowa, where you could tell that the doubt was creeping in. Not just creeping in, the doubt was there. And, uh, and that's kind of the same story for this team. But, yeah, there's no depth, especially when they're on the road without Doug McDaniel. Um, and, you know, you, you feel like their only chance is to get a win – are at home as long as Doug McDaniel's not able to, to travel on the road. And you, you can't even say anymore that any game's a must win or whatever because, it, I mean, must win or what? I'm, it's over. Uh, it's know. over. Season's over. Yeah. I mean, and when I say season, you're not going to the tournament. You have the outside shot of winning the Big Ten tournament. I, you know, again, Never I win five games. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you know, yeah, you got to go in and play every day. I, to me, if Juwan Howard is coaching Michigan basketball next year, I'd be shocked. He's not a head coach. He's just not. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, we were talking to Ward Manuel, Michigan's athletic director on Saturday at Sharon Moore's introductory press conference, and he was kind of preaching patience and, you know, talking about how Juwan had a, his health issue coming into the season. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, to me, it go and so, you know, I, I agree that it seems like it's kind of at that point, but, I wonder if Ward Manuel would pull that string just because, 
know, Jawan Howard played here. And, I, and I'm not saying I agree with that being a reason to keep anybody around because you have to produce here at Michigan. This was an elite program for, you know, a decade and a half under John Beeline. Um, and, you know, it's, it's completely fallen apart, especially this year. But you're going to miss the tournament two straight years. Um, you know, me and you talked about this before the season where, okay, that's kind of the one thing they have to do, I think, for this thing to continue. Uh, but at the same time, from what we've heard, this, you know, they may have to hit a reset button and continue with Jawan Howard. But we'll see how it, how it plays out in that regard, um, because I do think there are going to be a lot of tough decisions that will be made after the season, whether or not Jawan is here. I mean, you have to do something at this point because they haven't been able to in the last couple of years. The transfers haven't been as effective. They've failed to get a couple of them in through admissions. They haven't constructed the roster. They, they didn't even fill out their scholarships this year. Uh, so it's just been a rough going all the way around. And we know Ward Manuel, his track record of really making sure quality coaches and assistant personnel in all sports that they stay in Ann Arbor. So in uh, Ward, we trust you can follow everything Michigan Athletics 24-7 with Clayton Safey, Anthony Broom, Chris Ballas, John Borden, Doug Skeen, and the crew at thewolverine.com. Clayton, thank you for the update. I know the helicopter ride was bumpy with the wind and fog last night, but thanks for joining us. That's right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, look at helicopter back from the Breslin. Wolverine.com, Tyler in Ann Arbor, living the high life. Clayton Safe, you want to give a shout-out to the Safey family. They listen on our flagship station, 96-1, the game in Grand Rapids. Mama Safey hasn't given us bubble pizza in over a year. And all we do is make Clayton Safey, her son, a rock star on a statewide network. If you're listening, Mama Safey, we need bubble pizza at the Huge Studios. End of story. No excuses. You're the best at bubble pizza, Mama Safey. Hook us up in the Huge Hizzy. Now, if you miss any huge opinion, any interview, any hour, any full show, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Simple and easy. Listen on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Also, if you want to get in on a shot at winning Lomas Brown's Lions golf cart, all tricked up from Impact Power Sports, just text IMPACT. To 21000. Everything huge 24 7 at thehugeshow.net. Leonard Skinner. ZZ Top. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino, the Sharp Dress Simple Man Tour. Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. Tickets start at $38 and are on sale now at the box office at etix.com. Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series, Leonard Skinner and ZZ Tom. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. 
reasonable and proper. That's the term Michigan laws use to determine if you're traveling at a safe rate of speed regardless of the posted speed limit. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police would like to remind you that wintry conditions require additional caution and care from all of us. If your speed is not reasonable and proper, you could be looking at a speeding ticket. And on icy roads, you could be looking at something far worse. Drive slow on ice and snow. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now they have a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook is inviting new customers to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. You then can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, you can get in on the same game parlays. Everyone's got a shot at even bigger wins for Super Bowl 58. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets for Super Bowl 58. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE to sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Sign up with code HUGE to take advantage of this super offer. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another edition of True and Blue on The Huge Show across Michigan. It's presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And each and every week we talk to the incredible men and women connected to law enforcement throughout our state. And today... I welcome in the current Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police President, uh, Chief Kyle Knight. He is with the Harbor Springs Police Department. For those who listen on 104.7 FM or AM 1340, Charlevoix, Petoskey, uh, to the bridge. And Chief, welcome to True and Blue. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hey, looking forward to this interview. Uh, the men and women I've talked to over the last year all have a different story about their calling and why they got into law enforcement, and most have stayed in law enforcement for decades, especially to rise to be a chief of police like yourself in Harbor Springs. Uh, what made you decide to serve and protect? Mine started back in 1987 when I was owning my own business and I needed some uh, extra money, so I decided to do a part-time job dispatching for the St. John's Police Department. And did that for about three to four months. And at that time, contacted the chief about possibly going to the academy. Went to the academy in 1988 down in Lansing, Atlantic Community College. And it's just, it, I got very, very lucky um, to start my career. I have a great-great-grandfather that was a chief of police of Bristol, Tennessee. Other than that, um, I have no law enforcement ties, but just got lucky that was guided to that direction to try to earn some extra money for my family, and this is where I am 35 years later. Well, what's been uh, the most rewarding part, Chief, of working in law enforcement for you personally? 
for me, the most rewarding part is helping people. And I know that's a common theme through most law enforcement, but basically just being out there, whether it's helping somebody with a situation that's not law enforcement driven, um, interacting with the people, being that conduit between um, our police department and the people that we serve so that we can provide all the services. Whether it was here, I worked for the St. John's Police Department for years, worked for the Clinton County Sheriff's Office for years, and I always just enjoyed that interaction with people. Um, Every day brings something new, and I, I enjoy that part of it. His name is Kyle Knight. He's the chief of police for Harbor Springs in northern Michigan, current Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police uh, president. So a, a big part of what you do in northern Michigan is community policing. Uh, you live by the three C's. Uh, describe the three C's. Um, my three C's are commitment, which means we are committed to our city and the people that we serve. Um, compassion, you in this profession, I feel that you have to have compassion for people, whether a lot of people will call, let's say their mailbox gets hit, and it might be the only time that they call the police in their life. And you have to have compassion for those people. And you also have to have compassion for the victims of the crimes. And then the other one is community oriented. And I'm a firm believer in being community oriented, especially up here in Harbor Springs. Um, And our population is 30% um, year long and 70% seasonal. So we get a transition of different people that come in and we interact with everyone. Everyone knows all of our officers' names. Um, we That's the big community-oriented piece for me. Chief Kyle Knight with the Harbor Springs Police Department in Northern Michigan. He is the new and current Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police President joining us on another edition of True and Blue here on the huge show across Michigan. Uh, Before I let you go, uh, what's one thing uh, throughout your decades of serving and protecting the people of Michigan uh, that you wish everybody knew, that maybe the people listening in northern Michigan or across the state right now, that they don't know this in terms of being a police officer or connected to law enforcement, what would be that one thing you want everybody to know? I heard this one time when I was going along U.S. to um, heading to Escanaba for a seminar. And the thing that I think is that I've enjoyed this job, done it 35 years, and that I heard this on the radio, you'll never work a day in your life if you enjoy your job. And I know that we I've had very hard times, especially at the Clinton County Sheriff's Office where you deal with victims of um, a murder or car crashes, but I've never worked a day in my life because I've enjoyed my job. And I think anybody pursuing this occupation is going to feel the same way. They're going to enjoy it, and you're going to have your bad days just like any other occupation, but the rewarding days are are much better in the fact that you don't do the same thing day in and day out, and you get the opportunity to interact with people. And if you think about, like, when you get with a bunch of police officers and you hear and everybody wants to hear their stories, and that's not necessarily true with, let's say, no offense to accounts or something like that, but um, nobody, you know, when people are around police officers, they want to hear their stories, and they want to hear the good things and the bad things. And that's the one thing that I think um, some people don't always realize. Chief Kyle Knight, Harbor Springs Police Department in northern Michigan, right near uh, Petoskey, a beautiful part of the country and a police department that does have a commitment, compassion, and also community-oriented, the three C's that Chief Kyle Knight talked about. And like I said, now moving into the role as the current Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police uh, president, 
Uh, I do want to dispel the rumor that this week only, anybody wearing San Francisco 49ers gear in the Harbor Springs uh, area, they won't be arrested. Am I correct on that? <laughs> they won't be arrested, but, but they might be discouraged to, to be here. You better, uh, you better go 15 in the 15. I'm not giving you the extra seven or eight. You better, <laughs> you're, better. You, you, you're going, you're going 70. You're going 72 in a 70. I'm sorry. Uh, you're above the speed limit and you got a Niner sticker on. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to have to do the that one, for this week only. The one good thing up here, I have not seen any Niners fans, period. We have some Packer fans up here, but no Niners fans. So. Oh, yeah. On that on that, on that route, too, on the road to Escanaba, there were Packer fans and shanties all over the place. I bet. Yeah. All right, uh, Chief Knight, thank you so much. A, you told me before we started that you listen on 104.7 every afternoon. Uh, out of Petoskey. Appreciate that. Appreciate you and the Harbor Springs Police Department and your commitment to serve and protect. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me and I enjoy your show. Big. Bad. Huge.